Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the West Next Podcast, episode 18 of the West Next Podcast Sports Edition. As always, my name is Chanel Wilkins. And I'm Nick Provenzano. I want to start off this episode by thanking you all for uh, a great response to our last episode, episode 17 of the West Next Podcast, NFL Playoffs Wild Card Edition. So much love came out of that, and uh, it already in like less than 24 hours done better than most of our episodes of the sports of the sports edition already in less than 24 hours. So it's incredible what this can be and what this is already is um, for the playoff episode. And you know we're just gonna continue getting these playoff episodes out because y'all seem to love it. Y'all seem to be supporting. So uh, really, really appreciate y'all for um, enjoying these episodes. Tell me how much you like it. Give me your thoughts on it. Like I and I got really cool DMs uh, with people sharing their thoughts on it, wanting to be on the episodes. And you know, when that time arises uh, for us to bring other people on the episode, we'll we will do that when the time's right. But uh, I just want to say how much I appreciate that on the on the podcast. So really, really do. And uh, and I know Nick appreciates it too. I mean, listen, I'm 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 absolutely like amazed by how how much of the response that we got from that episode. Um, obviously Chanel knows all, all everything on the numbers side. Um, but I I he he was just telling me, wow, man, this last episode that we that we've done has been topping a lot of the viewership and a lot of the you know like the like numbers that we've been getting from the past episode. So I just want to thank every everybody right now. Uh, thank you so much. Like I said, every single time, it's an absolute honor to do this with the best co-host in the entire entire world so it's it's amazing so thank you guys so much thank you all so much for watching these episodes in order to watch these episodes there are four ways to watch the what's next podcast episodes you can watch these episodes on spotify apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, and rss.com apple Podcasts, y'all need to step up i know i mentioned this last episode but apple Podcasts, y'all need to step up and watch these episodes on apple Podcasts. so i really want y'all to do that if you can I, but again, like I said, I appreciate the people who watch it on Spotify and RSS.com, but I really want those Apple podcast numbers up. So really um, hope you all can tune in on that. All, as always, the Instagram is underscore what's next podcast underscore where we have stories, we have posts, we have a lot of cool shit going on and uh, we're in for a big 2023. So make sure y'all tune into that. Now, Nick, we had a, we had a crazy wild card playoffs. And, you know, obviously that we could tell that by the reception of the episode and just the talk around the league about it. And we, in my opinion, we had a just as crazy divisional round uh, season so far with the NFL playoffs. Like a lot, a lot has happened and uh, we need to dive into it. So you ready to go? I'm ready to go. And just for one, one thing before uh, we actually start this, I think if I had to sum up this divisional round weekend, I guess I guess the title I would address it would probably be something of what what's that old saying Chanel to the victors goes the spoils. I w- I would say to the victors goes the spoils and everything surrounding everybody who's who lost, you know, when you lose in the NFL, all of their problems that they're facing in in the in the offseason is going to be amplified. So yeah. I would say I would say the winners win and the losers really lose. That would be my title for the weekend. Hey, that's a really great title. And also, before we do, uh, I want I want to give like a little R.I.P. to uh, both of our teams. Uh, you know, we for I I remember we forgot to do this. 
I both our Tampa Bay Buccaneers, both the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Miami Dolphins, who uh, both of our favorite teams. Uh, Dolphins for me, Nick, uh, Nick obviously for Tampa Bay. You know, lost in the wild card playoffs uh, in the first round. Tampa Bay lost to the Cowboys. We lost to the Buffalo Bills. And uh, you know, if we can hear like a quick little eulogy um, about these teams, Nick, do you have like a eulogy for? your Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Well, I don't really have anything planned. This is very <laughs> I decided you know, to usually me, right? I'm the one. Usually I'm the one to um do you throw know some random stuff out there. Yeah, there's some random stuff, but but uh I, I don't know. This was really this really uh caught me off guard. So you know if I can you know we, we can celebrate the you know the season by you know I guess playing the world's saddest violin for the rest of the Buccaneers and the Miami Dolphins. We are sorry for everything that has happened this season. Uh, we're hoping that 2023 to 2024 season is going to look better. And uh, listen, Mr. Krabs is really killing it right now. But listen, it's uh, it was a wild season for both these teams. And, you know, we, we, we really hope that during the offseason, it's really going to turn around for us. So <sighs> goodbye, Tom Brady. Maybe good, but goodbye, Mike McDaniels. Maybe goodbye, Tua. Who knows what happens? Or who knows if Sean Payton goes to Miami? Who knows if Tom Brady goes to Miami? Who knows if Brady goes somewhere else? Who knows if Brady leaves to the entire entire football league? But you know, our teams are our teams are gone. It was a nice run while it lasted, but we are eliminated from playoff contention. So goodbye, Tampa Bay Bucks. Goodbye, Miami Dolphins. <laughs> As you can tell, that was very unprepared. <laughs> did you, did you know, like? Did you like the? Uh, did you like the? Uh, the the Saz violin? <laughs> I, I like it. I I thought you did a good job for it being completely on the fly. I I decided just to do that randomly, uh, just to have a little fun at have a little fun at Nick. But Nick actually uh, did a good job. Uh, be it, I feel like it would have been a lot better if he was prepared, but. Hey, still good work, Nick. Best co-host of 2022, Nick Provenzato. And, and so uh, do you know, best co-host for real, for real is Chanel Wilkins. No, don't don't put me in the equation, bro. It's it's all your award. Appreciate it, my dog. But let's get to the NFL divisional rounds. We start with the first game of the divisional rounds on Saturday afternoon. The Kansas City Chiefs were at home against the Jacksonville Jaguars, the one versus four seed, and in a pretty competitive battle throughout. Uh, you know, both teams I thought played well, but ultimately at the end, the Kansas City Chiefs were just too much for the Jacksonville Jaguars, and they move on. The Kansas City Chiefs move on to the AFC Championship, and they beat the Jacksonville Jaguars 27 to 20. Nick, what were your thoughts on this game? So last week I, I picked the Jags to win, even though I said myself the Chiefs are going to win this game. I just wanted to pick the Jags because I wanted to be different. But you know what's crazy about this game, Chanel, is that, like, well, first of all, I got to give it to Mahomes playing on one leg because that in itself is hard to do. And, you know, it might have been against, a, a you know, a defense that isn't really well, well-rounded. well uh, You know, they're a bit younger. They are starting to find, find their footing as a kind of a newer team in the AFC uh, contention. But, you know, Mahomes should be commended for everything that he was doing out there with a rolled up ankle. I mean, obviously, it was a high ankle sprain that he suffered. I thought when Chad Henney came in, I thought we were not going to see Mahomes for the rest of the game. That was my initial thoughts. 
But I saw how much Andy Reid trusted Chad Henney in those spots. Um, even though Henney only completed, I think, 507 for like, I think, 23 yards. He was backed up at his own two-yard line and led that drive all the way down the field with obviously their talented, you know, weapons and talented running back tandem. But really, it showed me how well Andy Reid can game plan for his star, probably the greatest quarterback right now in the league right now going out. And I thought that was really good, really good coaching by Andy Reid. And honestly, I thought that it really showed me the immaturity of the Jaguars, not to not to toss any blame on them, not to not to, you know, send any like hate toward their toward their direction. But they were this was a team that was, you know, unprepared. Uh, You know, a lot of people why they didn't want why they didn't want the Jags to play the Chiefs out of all teams is because the Jags were unprepared. And, you know, if you want want somebody to beat the Chiefs like how I want them I like how I want the Chiefs to be beaten every single week you don't want the Jags to be in there against them because the Jags are one they're a younger team two Doug Peterson just got there three Trevor Lawrence is still learning four the defense obviously needs to find their footing and five you know their playmakers obviously made a lot of mistakes you know you saw a Chanel in that game Christian Kirk missed a bomb right in his hands like yeah. he he should have hauled that one in and, you know, there was a couple of plays. I mean, Jacksonville was in this game. They they had opportunities. They just missed and misstepped and misfired on almost every time where they needed it. Like, they, they converted on some occasions, but when they really needed it, they faltered. And that's where Kansas City ultimately won the game. They ended up being a team that rarely made mistakes this game. And, you know, that's sometimes that's how the NFL is. Whoever makes mistakes will end up usually – Whoever, or how I should say, as um, whoever makes the most mistakes will eventually lose the game. And that's what Jacksonville did. They weren't able to convert on third down, fourth down. Trevor had a bad interception. Uh, you know, the running game could not get going on some occasions. Receivers had some drops. It was just that type of day for Jacksonville. But very optimistic toward their future. Um, obviously, Doug Peterson's a great head coach, great offensive mind. Trevor is going to continue to have. I believe great seasons ahead of him. I believe that it's time for them to restock and reload in the off season. That's what they have to look forward to. And for the chiefs, they move on with a, uh, with still Patrick Mahomes, but obviously a less than 100% Patrick Mahomes. And we'll see how much they could really use him or how effective he will be in the next week. Hey, you kind of explained everything right there. Uh, the Jaguars it's crazy because they were in this, like you said, they were in this game. I actually think they could have won this game. I think they could have shot the Kansas City Chiefs because I think the Kansas City Chiefs played okay, but I don't think they played their best ball. Um, I, I don't think they played at their best. Uh, and I honestly thought the Jacksonville Jaguars had a shot during this game. Um, unfortunately, things just didn't go their way between the drop Christian Kurt pass and their defense just not coming through when they absolutely needed to, uh, you know, the uh, Valdez-Scantling touchdown at the end for the Chiefs, you know, kind of put a ceiling on the game, kind of put a seal on the game, I mean. And, uh, you know, like you say, Kansas City moves on. They're going to be facing – should I just spoil it or should I just wait? Well, you don't need to spoil it. I mean, we're going through the game. So oh, by, wait, the time this, by the time this gets out, Chanel, you know, everybody's going to know who moved on. Well, yeah, I mean, they know who moved on. Already. Unless they lived under a rock, which you yeah, know, I I've actually met NFL fans that lived under rocks that that they that they just hmm. haven't they just don't know what's going on in the 
It's it's very sad to see. Very sad to see, but that is the actual thing. They live in Patrick Star style. Yeah, yeah, and then they's like, "Who are you people?" And they do the whole thing like that. Like, who's the quarterback for this team? Is it still Alex Smith? Like, they don't know what's going still on Alex anymore. <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah, I mean, good win by the Chiefs. You know, obviously, like the playoffs are a very different environment. So like, you know, some things some things go well, some things don't. But ultimately, at the end of the day. Kansas City moves on. Jacksonville season's over, but like you like you said, they have a lot to be proud of this season. Uh, Trevor Lawrence ascended um, to, in my opinion, a borderline elite quarterback um, this season. I think he ascended to that level, and I think the Jaguars have a very promising future if they, you know, keep their core intact and just get a few few pieces. Uh, what we didn't talk about is how great of a game tra- Travis Kelsey had. Oh yeah, we, for, we didn't I talk about fourteen catches, that. my guy. Like we we for, I can't we forgot to address Travis Kelsey had fourteen catches this game, and was by far the number one target on that field, and by far the hardest man to stop in that game, even over like Patrick Mahomes. He was the fucking man that game, and uh, you gotta give him all the credit in the world for that. I mean, he, it was. I mean, it was also a combination of him and the combination, him doing, him just being Travis Kelsey, and a combination of, like I said, the Jacksonville Jaguars not being able to cover him. And at one point, I was yelling at the TV because I really wanted the Jags to win this game, but I was screaming at the TV. He only throws it to one guy. I mean, I mean, I mean, I, come on, Chanel, you've got to have seen, you've got to have seen those drives where he just solely threw it to Travis Kelsey. You, they they might have wanted to key in on that guy, you know, maybe double him, maybe. triple him, whatever. Maybe, you know, maybe he's a game changer. I don't know. It's not like it's not like every year he's like in the Pro Bowl in an all pro or like he's always in contention. He's always in talks for eventually being a sure first battle Hall of Famer. He was unanimous for first team all pro this year. Exactly. And I'm like, what do I know, man? I just watched the games, but you know, you might want to cover that guy. And then, you know what? We got to speak about the Saturday night game, the Saturday night game. I got completely wrong. Cause I changed my opinion on the podcast. I originally said the Eagles were going to win. And then I switched it to the giants. Cause something in me was just saying, I trust Daniel Jones. I think that I don't think the Eagles secondary is where it needs to be. I think the Giants are going to win, and boy, did I look stupid. Because uh, not only did the Giants lose, they got absolutely torched in Philadelphia, and they are definitely not moving on. It will be the Philadelphia Eagles moving on to the NFC Championship game as they beat the New York Giants 38-7. to It was bad. What do you think, though? Um. So I think when we originally picked the scores, I said that um, the Giants were going to lose by at least um, two def- uh, two score deficit. I think that they said they would put on a fight. There was no fight in this game. There was absolutely no fight in this game. I I thought I thought that this was going that this was a possible outcome. I thought that the, that one of the outcomes was that the Eagles were just going to steamroll them like they did a couple weeks ago. But this was the worst. This was the worst one. I mean, they this is the worst loss they gave them. I mean. Imagine I mean, the other one, I think they scored, what, 22 points or something like that. This mm-hmm. one, they scored seven. I, I Like, they were absolutely dominated on every facet of, of this game, special teams, offense, and defense. And it just showed how – it showed one thing. It showed me how 
the Giants right now just didn't really belong where they need to belong. And that's mostly because of how good Brian Dable is as a coach um, to get them to, to, to this point anyway. And two, it shows me that Philadelphia is just like in another league compared to the other team across from them. Like it was just like, it was Philly up here and it was the Giants down here. Like that's how, how, how much of a, just uh, like, a, what's the word? Disparity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of talent that was surrounded the Eagles versus the talent that the Giants have. Um, I'll toss you. I'll toss you something about about this, Chanel, because I, I I have hearing this from overreactions all across the football landscape. But there has been questions about Daniel Jones's play during this game, and some people think that what he showed in this game was so poor they think that he should not return next season. Nate, do you think that is an overreaction or do you think that is a proper reaction? Very, very proper reaction. I'm really? kidding. I'm kidding. Okay. <laughs> you you yeah, scared I, me. I, I, that was absolutely sorry. No, it's 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 ridiculous. Uh, he had the best season of – people are acting like he didn't have the best season of his career up to this point. Uh, acting like he didn't get the Giants to the playoffs for the first time since 2016. Uh, and acting like he wasn't a big part of that, as he is the quarterback of the team, be it Saquon Barkley is the main guy on the team. But you got to, but again, the quarterback ultimately is the one who had the ball in his hands 100% of the time, 100% of snaps. You need, so you need to give that man credit. Uh, Daniel Jones didn't have a good game. He played pretty poorly this game, uh, wasn't ready. Uh, you also, but also, it wasn't just Daniel Jones, it, it was the defense. The defense looked terrible against Philadelphia. Um, you can argue it, it almost looked like in towards towards the end they just quit uh, honestly on them. Um, I'm not saying they I'm not saying they quit, but it, it, it gave the appearance of uh it it looked like they were just like you know what we're done uh you know this is over forget all this uh you know let's just pack our bag and go home. It looked like they wanted to go home. Uh, so it's not just Daniel Jones. So I think the I think obviously it's a massive overreaction. Uh with Daniel Jones. I think people are being ridiculous and being uh, in the spur of the moment and they need to, you know, give Daniel Jones credit where it's due. I would like to also point out because a lot of people really were like, well, you know, he beat the Vikings and, you know, the Vikings had the 32nd ranked pass defense and, you know, the Vikings weren't a good team. The Vikings are trash and the Giants, that's how the Giants win. They got lucky. And I'm like, yeah, the Giants did get lucky. Yes. They shouldn't have been in this position Honestly, if we're being completely honest, they shouldn't have been this position. However, just because of one game does not should not deter Daniel Jones from coming back next season. That is absolutely the most ridiculous thing I've heard. Well, maybe not the most ridiculous thing I've heard this weekend, but it was pretty heard of the weekend. You were saying ridiculous stuff this weekend. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, this weekend has been pretty crazy Um, in terms of the football. Like I said, the losers really lose this game. Everything gets amplified when you lose. And that was clear about the Daniel Jones side of things, even though I think this is a blatant overreaction. Um, I'll, I'll tell you this, though. There's got to be a lot of Giants fans that are definitely on our side, that definitely, you know, you know, think that he deserved this thing. Also, no one's ever talking about what weapons did Daniel Jones have this game? Like, or no, not even this game, this entire season. Like, can you name me their, like, their de facto number one guy that they have there, Chanel? Slayton. Slayton, yeah, but is he is he really a one? He's a two. He's a good. He's a two. Very, he has to be honest. He's a very he's really good a two. Two. Is anybody on that team considered a one? 
Kenny Galladay was supposed to be the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, hold on. He was supposed to be, but is he? was he? supposed to be. And then... Now he looks like a bum. Is he benched? Did he Did he catch he, again? I think he, he was officially he, benched. Yeah, he had to be because, yeah, he didn't catch up all this game. There's no way. I, yeah, sorry, Giants. I, don't, I didn't keep up with the, you know, the, like your, your injury report or, you know, like your roster updates. But I, I haven't seen Galladay in God knows how long. So I don't know if he's benched or he's hurt. I... Uh, listen, but he was supposed to be a one when he signed with the team, and obviously that never ever transpired. No. Um, and then, like you gotta think, he doesn't even have a tight end, guys. Like he doesn't have he he does, he the only thing he really has to work with is Saquon, and you know Saquon can only do so much. That is why you know Brian Dable was doing some things and getting some other people in the backfield to help out Saquon, the other second and third running backs, because they don't want Saquon to, to hurt himself like he did in years past. They want him to limit carries so Saquon can really use those other carries to really be Saquon. So that's really only the thing that Daniel Jones really had to work with was that amazing running back he had in the backfield. But other than that, he needs guys that he can throw it to. Like, he he needs everything. I think if I'm the – honestly, Chanel, other than the Jaguars, I think that the Giants should be the team this weekend that should have the most confidence going into the offseason, in my opinion, because – they can say that they went to the playoffs. They won a playoff game, you know, and then they lost one or, uh, in the divisional round. And they, they they can also say, like, hey, now we kind of know where we stand, and now we know what we need to fix and correct on our team. I think that's the most – I think – I said this about the Jets, the you know, in, in, the, in the other podcasts in the other weeks. I think that the best thing an NFL team could have is clarity and experiencing – what is wrong and how to fix it. And I think Brian Dable, we didn't even need to read, to read over the, the resume. I think he won five Super Bowls as an assistant. He obviously won a couple of uh, NCAA titles under Nick Saban. The guy wins. He knows how to win. He knows how to get the best out of his players. And it, I think that's going to really, really show next season. I think him uh, and Kyle Shanahan are kind of like one and two for me at coach of the year. And I think that, you know, He's proven this season. I think he'll prove it next season as well. I like Dable a lot, man. I, I really like we we talked about it in the midseason awards, man, how just so fantastic he is and how he has helped his team dramatically. Uh yeah, Nikki Lily, you're about to say something. Yeah, can, can we can we just acknowledge I love when when teams have head coaches that look like they 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 fit their their city. It's so awesome. And th- these two teams, especially, because you look at Brian Dable, he looks like he goes to a New York uh, bail shop every morning. Like, that's just how he looks like. And then you look at Nick Sirianni. Nick Sirianni is literally acting like every single Eagles fan. You saw him on the hard cam, staring down the hard cam, like nodding his head. You saw mm-hmm. him like like during the Colts game where he, where, where he barely beat the Colts and he's yelling at all the Colts fans like a true Eagles fan. Like, and and then obviously the the referee yelled at him this game and he and he and he was like and 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 then uh he I think he said I'll try to bleep it out for our audience but he said he he referee told him to get back and he said you shut the f up and like I know what I'm doing and I'm supposed to be down here <laughs> like like Sirianni is just like every other Eagles fan vicious and just wants to be right all the time and I love how much they fit their city I really do uh, they've got some good head coaches down in the NFCs they really do. Brian Daybor is built like a more like a pizza guy. He looks like he just visits a lot of pizza shops, New York pizza shops. That could work too. I mean, yeah, got, New York's got a lot of stuff. New York's got bagel shops, they got pizza shops, they got sub shops. You know, you, you name it. You know, Chinese restaurants. I mean, 
Come on, they've got they've got it all in there over there. They got they got it all, but I'm gonna uh, quick thing about New York. I don't want to go. Like people have ta- told me, like, hey, New York is great. Love like New York, this and that. I'm like, I will visit for a day. I'm never living. I'm never fucking living there. I'm sorry. Uh, that's I know that's not football related, but I just want to put that out there. Uh, just to anybody, pretty much. I have no interest in working in New York. Well, like, actually, you know, scratch that. It would take a lot to make me work in New York or make me live in New York. It it would take a lot. I can't never say never, but I'm not a big fan of New York. I'd rather leave. Uh, do you, uh, yeah, can we just address that? Yeah, I don't like New York, too. Too many, like, dude, too I feel like people. every single time I'm in New York, like, everybody, like, honks their car. There's, like, a new homeless person on every block. There's always some shady person trying to sell you some cd or some mixtape or anything like that and maybe i'm maybe i'm just in the bad areas but that's just how they are like it's just it's just weird and also like isn't like isn't like rent in apartments like like high over there too like i also i've driven in new york and multiple places in new york i hate it i absolutely hate driving there i drove in 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 Times square trust me it's one of the if you never driven in new york it's one of the worst experiences man uh, it's yeah. Sorry, sorry. Let, let's keep them in Jersey. Let's keep them in Jersey. You guys, I, I know you guys want to call them the New York Giants, but you know they 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 they, they play in MetLife, so yeah. let's keep them here because I don't want to deal with any of that New York traffic. So let's keep them. Let's keep them in East Rutherford. Let's keep them in East Rutherford. Yeah. Uh, and East and let me tell you something. East Rutherford is bad enough, at, let alone trying to put them in some stadium in New York. F all of that. Uh, you know, I go to I go to I have been to like two three giants games this season and uh east rugford east rugford is already a pain in the in the butt so if you but if new york it doesn't seem like they're gonna leave anytime soon because i mean it's freaking metlife stadium i mean that's hard kind of hard to beat that but if you ever new york giants new york jets if you ever decide to go to new york play in a new york stadium you have lost one extra uh ticket buyer I'm telling you, that you have lost one extra ticket buyer. You could give me the tickets for free. I'm not going to New York. Fuck no, I ain't driving there. I'm not driving to New York ever. I uh, now, now me and Chanel have a me and Chanel have a new thing we bond over now. Now we we can bond over our <laughs> hatred of New York. <laughs> driving in New York, especially. Oh God, yes. Driving. <sighs> I love how this how how this became a sports podcast that derailed into wow we hate New York we hate driving there from two people who live in Jersey but I feel like the people who live in Jersey most of the most of the people I feel like um who watch podcasts live in Jersey like don't most New Jerseyans hate New York anyway like I feel like a lot of people in New Jersey don't like New York so I feel like it's not even like uncommon that we're saying that. Well, I mean, like, we come, well, I mean, since, you know, me and you went to Kane, and I still go to Kane, you know that everybody, one of the selling points for Kane, remember, we spoke, remember as NSL leader Chanel, we were supposed to be like, hey, there's a train station right there that's that's 30 minutes to New York City. Like, yeah. and I was like, <laughs> yeah, like, I would not want to sell myself that, but whatever. Yeah. You know, for those who, again, they're, they're freshmen, so they don't really know yet. It's, it sounds nice. Like, hey, New York lights action whatever right celebrities kind of and uh <laughs> all the celebrities you don't want to see and uh yeah but you know we need to move we need to move on past hey, let's new- move on let's move i think we've been on. on this topic for far too long yeah you know we can talk about new york in another episode uh we had the sunday night games uh next you know we had the buffalo bills 
go up against the Cincinnati Bengals to determine who would face the Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC Championship game. If And if you don't know already, it will be the Cincinnati Bengals as Cincinnati went into Buffalo and beat the crap out of Buffalo 27-10. to 10. Joe Burrow, Joe Shicey, Joe Cool, whatever you want to call him, that boy nice. He did a great job. And uh, what were your thoughts on the game? Because I don't even need to address Buffalo. Well, I mean, uh, a lot of girls would call him daddy because of the, I've seen so many Joe Burrow thirst TikToks I wish, this I, wish I, like <laughs> I wish I looked like Joe Burrow. I wish I looked like Joe Burrow. And I think I'm a good-looking dude. But, like, if I could look like Joe Burrow, you know. Yeah, listen, man. Joe Burrow is a is a he's a yeah he's a nice looking dude. But listen, <laughs> uh, it was a pretty sus on NFL's TikTok where where they you know that one TikTok thing where where it's just a bunch of girls screaming daddy. They really posted that. They really posted him Joe Burrow throwing every, all the girls saying the word daddy. I was on the uh, actual really, NFL account. Yes, on the actual NFL I'm account. Dead. That's funny. Well, I mean WWE did the same thing when it was Roman Reigns. <laughs> Yeah, but it makes more sense. That's 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 like a WWE though, like at entertainment more yeah, so. Yeah, so like, I guess I guess they have more leeway. It's legit sports, you know, riding Joe Burrow essentially. But you know, if it, it had to be one person, Joe Joe Burrow, Joe Cool, Joe Shitey, uh, Joe Daddy, whoever. Joe Daddy. <laughs> Okay, but anyway, anyway, let's go to the actual game because Joe Burrow just proved to me one why he is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Obviously, top two in my opinion. He's obviously top two, and um, he'll be fighting top one, uh, top one of one next week. Obviously, a hobble top one of one, but you know uh, you still get to fight him again. Uh, this is going to be the AFC Championship again, Chanel. We're going to get Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes again. And uh, I picked the Bengals to win this game because I trusted Joe Burrow and I did not trust Josh Allen. And I think that was amplified this game, I think, a lot. Like, And one of the things that I like about Joe Burrow's game, particularly especially with for the Bills side, is that when he faces like pressure, when, when, the, when the blitz is coming, when pressure is coming, he is still Joe Cool. He is still, and he stole, he stole that moniker from Joe Montana. He is the new Joe Cool now. Because mm-hmm. I've seen this man throw it into windows. I've seen this man like stay calm and collected when when the rush is coming at him. I know that nothing really bothers him. It seems like the moment that the the bigger the moment, the better he plays, which is something that no a lot of not a lot of quarterbacks can really say. And um he proved it here. He I think he I think the stat line was he I think he threw Two, 22 touchdowns at uh, 36 uh, completions, and he 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 did a fantastic job in getting all of his uh, receivers into the game. I think there was one stat during the uh, I think there was one stat during the first uh, half that Joe Burrow on one drive threw to seven different receivers. I was pretty amazing. Yeah, uh, yeah he he just got everybody into the game, and uh, I did not expect the Bengals offensive line to play the way that they did. Like. And I think a lot of people were who picked the Bills this weekend were kind of like, yeah, well, you know, um, Joe Burrow is may, probably going to get sacked a lot again. I think they only allowed one sack this game because that O line, these were supposed to be backups, Chanel, and they couldn't, they 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 were were ready to go and they dominated, you know, the Bills D D line starters, and I thought that was 
pretty I think that was the, probably one of the most impressive things I saw this weekend how much the Bengals dominated the line of scrimmage up front with the with, and Joe Mixon also did a pretty good job because of the holes he was given because of the offensive line so kudos to Joe Burrow kudos to the Bengals kudos to those O linemen who you know had to step in on that big moment because they were backups and third strings and second strings so kudos to them and uh, I'm not going to bring out the sad violin but I kind of knew this was coming for Josh Allen. You know, I had one of my friends, I'll shout uh, Chris Allen being, uh, shout out to you, bro. Uh, Because he texted me after the game and he was like, Nick, you were right, man. You were right about Josh Allen. And I said, thank you. I I was right about Josh Allen. Chanel, I told this last week, he was probably the third person in in the running for MVP behind Hertz and, and Mahomes. And he played himself out of it. And then he became, yeah, he's a he's a, he's a he's a good star. Uh, that j- that's just a little beneath Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow. Now he's at a point where he's like, man, he's a he's a good starting quarterback. He's very talented, but he's like a circus. The circus will make you scream the other minute, the other the other moment you'll be in awe. You know what I mean? Like he's 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 like he's 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 like a, a circus quarterback. You know who I'd compare him to? I, I think I, a couple of weeks ago, I compared him to Brett Favre. But you know what it's kind of looking like, Chanel? I don't know. If, I'm going to tell us this to you because I think this might be – I, I want to get your reaction to this. I know a lot of people have been saying this weekend that the way that his career is going to go is along the lines of Philip Rivers, somebody who is yeah. insanely talented, can is probably a Hall of Famer, has numbers to back it up, but ultimately cannot hang with the other quarterbacks who have been drafted alongside him or the quarterbacks who are just above him. AKA when Philip was in the league, Eli was better than him. Ben Roethlisberger was better than him. Peyton Manning was better than him. Uh, Brady was better than him. And it was those guys who were always in contentions, you know, like in the, I'll say, I'll say more for the, for not Eli, but on the other side, we're always ahead of him in the AFC that kept the Chargers and him on the bottom shelf of that of, of that conference. So, do you think that is an overreaction, or do you think that is a proper reaction? Because if I'm if you're asking me personally, I just I'm sorry, I I, I'm, I just don't think that he can that he can win playing the way right now. I'm not going to say here that Josh Allen's career is just going to be regulated to that, but right now that's the way it's going. That's a good question. Um. You had me really thinking about it. I I don't think he will have Philip Rivers' career. I think there can be because I I believe that Josh Allen can have a resurgence. Uh, you know, there's obviously a lot of talk about you know Sean McDermott and Josh and Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, and the whole team, right? I think if I say besides the Dallas Cowboys, the team that took the big the most criticism this uh, NFL playoffs divisional round was definitely the Buffalo Bills and um you know some people I think and I think the criticisms rightfully so but I also think some people way over criticize them but that's another topic but I think but let's go to the fact that some of the criticism is valid I don't I think Sean McDermott this season uh with his lack of creativity on play calls with uh just his you know lack of expertise on the offensive end I think that's hers. I think that has hurt Josh Allen. I think uh, a lot of Josh Allen has to be on his own quite a bit, and I think it's hurting him. I think Josh Allen needs an offensive coach, right? 
I think I don't think Sean McDermott needs to go. I think that's ridiculous. But I do believe that Josh Allen needs an offensive-minded or an elite offensive coordinator to really help elevate his game. Because uh, it's looking bad right now. The you know he is a turnover machine and uh and he's not delivering when he needs to. And this is uh the third season in a row now. Can I throw this at you? Do yes. you think he also needs a running back? Because I'm not really sure that Devin Singletary is really the, the the guy at running back for the Buffalo Bills. I mean, how much more can you give him, really? Uh, you gave you have another you have a number one receiver in Stephon Diggs. You got a good old line. You have Gabe Davis, Dawson Knox. It's not like it, again. It's not no, like he, he's um, not bereft of talent. But I'm saying, but I'm saying is that do you think he needs a running back? Because I, I I honestly think. If you get because you know, even though I like Devin Singletary, he's not somebody who is an elite back in the league, and you know that. So, I mean, like, he, he uh, and I think that there's been multiple times during the season and last season where Josh Allen has straight up outran him, like, in, in the game. And yeah. unless you are a running quarterback like Jalen Hurts, like, I, I think that Josh Allen, the way he needs to play, and I think he has been playing somewhat of it, is a quarterback who doesn't like 50-50 run or pass. I think he's a quarterback that can run and has the insane ability to pass, right? That's more his style, yeah. right? He can run, but he would rather pass the ball. So, and there's games where Josh Allen has had to win primarily with his legs rather than Singletary's. And I think that that is a hindrance to him more than it does him help. So I, I think that, you know, I don't, I'm not sure if there's a way you can get Singletary and the other backs in the backfield involved more, but I think you're right. I think you hit the hit the nail right on the head. I think he needs an, uh, uh, a better offensive coordinator. I think whatever is happening in Buffalo is not getting them is not getting it done for him and the team to reach that new level. And you know what you know? We didn't even talk about Stefan Diggs because as I came on to this show with you, my and only Chanel can see this see this everyone. My 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 name for Skype is Stefan Diggs's burner account because man, I feel like this guy had a lot to say after after and during the game. Isn't that right, Chanel? He had a lot to say, man. He really he the guy who wilded out a lot, but Nick, you can elaborate more. I mean, listen, uh he had uh I think I think a, a lot of criticism during during the game. I think you everybody saw I think it was only like five minutes left in the game. And uh, I think uh, Sean McDermott was kind of looking at him like, what are you doing? Because he went up to Josh Allen. I think he was started yelling at Josh Allen on the, while he, Josh Allen was on the bench. Maybe, I don't know what it was about. I didn't read into it, but um, I think on Stefan Diggs, I think he tweeted out. uh, I think I have the tweet right here that I believe uh, Bleacher Report posted uh, on his, on his Twitter. He said, and I quote, like a Michael Cole would say, and I quote, want me to be okay with losing? Nah. Want me to be okay with with our level of play when it's not not up to the standard? Nah. It's easy to criticize my reaction more than the result. And then um, one of the NFL insiders tweeted out that Bills wide receiver Stephon Diggs darted out of the locker room with all of his stuff before some of the Bills coaches were even down to the tunnel area. Practice squad RB uh, running back, Duke Johnson stopped Diggs before he left the stadium and brought him back to the locker room. He left a few minutes later. So obviously Stefan Diggs is really showing his true diva. And before the show, Chanel was saying about how much of a diva this guy really is. And obviously this is on display right now. And um, 
man, uh, this is honestly, I think this is a really bad look for Stefan Diggs because it, it's one thing when you don't trust your quarterback. It's another thing when you just completely, completely want to just leave the entire locker room without even talking or saying a word to basically anyone. And I'll tell you what, it's very, it's very disheartening to see somebody who wears a C on his, on his uh, jersey, that captain, that captain patch that that would like to end the season on this note and wants to just be completely unprofessional like this. I just real, I mean, real talk guys. I, I just did not like the way that Stefan handled this entire situation. Um, and yeah, I just think that, I think McDermott said that it was embarrassing the way that, you know, he reacted to everything. Um, but yeah, it was not a good look for the bills. Like I said, I, I've been, I'm going to keep saying it. The losers really lose this, the, this, this game, these games this weekend. And uh, like I said, when you lose everything, the outside noise, the criticism, that's all amplified on you. And that clearly was affecting Stefan Diggs on Sunday. Look, and we can dive into this a little bit. I understand Stefan's frustration, right? I'm like I'm not even really mad about his on him yelling at Josh Allen five minutes um, before the game's over. That didn't bother me at all. You know, when you're losing that bad and you're emba- and you're embarrassed, uh, and he's right that he wasn't getting the ball enough. Um, I think that's very fair to say. Four receptions, 35 yards. I think he got like only like five six targets the entirety of the game. The entire game, he's supposed to be the number one receiver. I understand where he's coming from, uh, but like you said, for and I and I'm glad you really mentioned the C captain uh, take because I didn't even consider that he is the captain of the team, and this was kind of it was it wasn't kind of it was embarrassing how he handled the situation in the locker room more so than even on the field. Uh, you know, we know that he's an emotional player. He wears his heart on his sleeve, and that's what. A lot of fans like about him, and that's what made that's what makes him as good as he is. But the, you got to be able to control that, and you got to be able to know when it's time to step up and be a a leader, a teammate, uh, someone that the team can depend on to rally the troops. And uh, he he clearly isn't able to do that. Uh, I don't know what the next step steps are for him. Uh, is this something to me that should warrant trade talk? No. Uh, but it is something that you really have to make sure Stefan Diggs realize this can't happen again. That's kind of how I look at it. Um, yeah, I don't really have a lot to add. I think you summed it up really perfectly. You know, I did not like the way he ended this thing. And, uh, man, it's going to be a long, long, long offseason for these, these teams. Uh, it's going to be a long offseason, especially especially for the Bills, because I'm trying to figure out how they really come – compartmentalize one of their stars acting the way that they did so we'll we'll like i said we'll we'll have our popcorn ready we'll be we'll be putting our ear down to the ground and we'll we will let you know more about this when we when we obviously we'll all figure it out once once we all figure it out but we will be here with all of you when we hear more from this situation and honestly it's pretty bulletin more material if i if i do say so myself Third straight season, the Buffalo Bills uh, had the talent that they have, and they failed to reach the Super Bowl. So, uh, you know, obviously they have felt a lot of defeat in the playoffs when it mattered most. So, you know, hopefully they can bounce back. Or actually, hopefully they don't bounce back. I'm sorry, Miami Dolphins Dolphin fan here. Sorry about that, Josh Allen and uh, Stefan Diggs and all y'all guys. But, uh, 
As long as y'all don't get hurt. As long as you know, as long as y'all don't get hurt, whatever happens, happens. There we go. Showing some sportsmanship right there. There you go. And then, uh, you know, you talked about how the Buffalo Bills have a lot to think about, and they have taken a lot of criticism. I disagree that they have taken the most criticism even this weekend. The Dallas Cowboys, America's team, is going to have to take a it has and is going to take even more brutal criticism as they went into the 49ers uh stadium and they lost in a close battle a really good game uh, especially a good defensive game uh to the san francisco 49ers brock purdy and the 49ers move on to the nfc championship game and they will face the philadelphia eagles as they were able to hold off the dallas cowboys 19 to 12 nick what were your thoughts on this uh, this was a game that I absolutely did not think was going to be low scoring. I thought that the Niners were going to actually roll them. Uh, but Dallas really surprised me because, um, I, I just thought that, that, that this running game was going to be so good. And then I really forgot how good that the, that the, that the, uh, Dallas Cowboys D line could really be in that this really became a battle of the trenches game through and through to out throughout both the. Dallas Cowboys O-line versus the San Francisco D-line and vice versa. Um, it's It was just a really fun matchup to watch between how good the defenses can really show, uh, you know, just just how dominant they these guys could be at times. And I'm going to cut right to the sh- chase, chase uh, Chanel. The, I think the real, like, okay, let me address actually the Niners first because I think that's where uh, I think a lot of people – would want to go first just to get them out the way. Brock Purdy probably had his worst game this in his in his short career starts. Uh, and even then he didn't even look that bad, if I'm being honest. He fought a very good defense. And I've seen listen, all I'm saying is that I know he did not play perfect, but I have seen Jimmy Garoppolo play to a lower standard. I've seen Trey Lance in his very limited starts played to a lower standard. Much lower standard. Much lower standard, actually. Yeah, thank you. And um, and uh, now we have Brock Purdy, who this is really his worst game. I'll take that every day of the week. But I will say this. It looks like Brock sometimes is the moment could get too big for him. And I think you you kind of saw that too, right, unfortunately, that the moment could sometimes be a little too big for the guy. Um, I, I just have to come out and say it. Uh, I think that this team is not as invincible as most people would like to paint it. And it's not as invincible that I, I once thought, I thought that this team was going to straight up, go into a straight battle with the Eagles next week and to see who's going to duke it out. Um, I think that, th- that this team looks a lot more mortal if you know how to mess with the rookie quarterback back there, I think that's kind of apparent uh, just the way that, that Brock, I mean, I mean, you guys saw the play where they just needed a field goal. They had seven seconds left and Brock Purdy was supposed to make a throw in like two seconds. If he didn't find the throw open, then he was just going to throw the ball into the seventh row and Brock waited and waited and waited, and I'm like, God, just throw the ball. I was, I, I was like, I was like, you got to set up Robbie Gold for a field goal. I mean, come on, Robbie has. I think Robbie is still perfect this, this postseason, if I'm not mistaken, Chanel. I think he hasn't missed a field goal uh, during during this postseason. I think he's still perfect in the postseason. So, um, I think that was pretty cool. 
that Robbie Gold extended how good he was. And he really kept the Niners in the game, too, because those field goals really do matter. So props to him for being a reliable kicker because some of the league doesn't really have that. And um, I think that's really all I have to say against the Niners. Uh, George Kittle is absolutely awesome. Uh, he's Mr. Reliable, how Patrick Mahomes is – that's his Mr. Reliable is Travis Kelsey, Mr. Reliable for, for Brock Purdy, and really any quarterback that suits up in a Niners jersey, they're Mr. Reliable is George Kittle. Over the middle, can make bobbled catches to get first downs. He's just that guy. Uh, and I think that's really all I really have to say against the Niners. Their defense played amazing. They had two interceptions, which brings me to Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys. So two things about this game, Chanel. Dak Prescott, what happened? I said, talk to me, man. I, I will. I will. I will talk. And I don't expect me to shut up about this one because this is probably my favorite thing to talk about this week is as Cowboys hate. Uh, thank you guys for eliminating us because I didn't want to be in the playoffs anyway. But now it's time for you guys to reap the sad rewards. And there's a lot to talk to you guys about, especially your franchise quarterback throwing two interceptions to a really good defense. Everybody was saying the other week, well, you know, I think Dak has got this all figured out. I did not think that one bit. You're telling me you haven't seen him lead the NFL, I think, in interceptions, and he only played 10 games? Uh, And you think that he's got it figured out against a Tampa team that shouldn't have been there anyway? Yeah, okay. And uh, it was really on display with with how well San Francisco really made it troubling for him and the offense to get going a lot of drives they played Tufanga I'm sorry I think his name was Hufanga sorry Hufanga played really amazing at the safety position uh you know the corners played really well in getting him to bite on throws it was just an overall like bad performance by him obviously Dallas did not benefit by Tony Pollard exiting the game after it looked like he had a very bad I didn't read up his injury but he did have an ankle tweak and I hope he's doing okay I really do like Tony Pollard he's one of my favorite players in the league so hopefully he's he's well um but yeah this team just didn't look didn't look good I have two more things to for Chanel and then I'll, I'll hand it over to you um one of the two is that last play at the end of the game okay so I was like all right well I don't know what this formation is but it looks interesting so why the fuck not Zeke is the center He's not eligible, but he's the center for this for this thing. I don't know why he's the center, um, but uh, especially since he's not eligible, so he he can't he can't catch the ball if he wanted to. Um, but anyway, um, I see on the left side of my screen that there is I think a wide receiver or a running back with two offensive linemen, and I was like, all right, Dak is probably gonna make an out route there. And it, like a screen pass there, and it's probably going to set up blockers to try to go down the field, right? And no, the ball gets snapped. Zeke gets absolutely destroyed. <laughs> Dak Prescott throws it to a guy who's going to get tackled anyway, and the game's over. And I've got two things to say. One, Dak, you're an, you're an absolute idiot for throwing that ball to the middle of the field. And two... Kellen Moore, this is the best you got up with. This is the best you can come up with for a, for a a last ditch effort play. Not a hail mary, not a screen pass, a pass over the middle where the linebacker was just on him the whole time. Yeah, yeah, you're a really good head coaching candidate in my opinion. Wow, such amazing offensive plays. Uh, one last thing, Chanel. One last thing. So Dak Prescott played bad. We all know that, but you know who even amplified it even more. 
the Dallas Cowboys' own Twitter. They buried uh, him. Buried the him. Dallas Cowboys' Twitter tweeted out, and I quote, Dak Prescott gave away the ball twice in the in in the narrow loss to the 49ers in a matchup the Cowboys had a chance to win if they didn't again generate self-inflicted wounds. From the old, from Dallas Cowboys. From Twitter. Dallas's own social media Twitter, like that. Is, I know Dak's. I know Dak's gonna have to have a con. I know Dak's uh, team is gonna have to have a conversation with whoever posted that. I I I that guy's in for a rough one. I'm telling you. I don't you, know. I don't know because I think that he that. might have a lot of support on that one. Uh, maybe from Jerry Jones because Jerry Jones looked he looked like he was having a heart attack. I think he said I don't know if the what the word was he described the play. I think he described it as disgusting. Uh, the way that they played out out there, especially in the second half. Um, he was not liking the score at all, obviously. And yeah, that's all I got to say. I think that the that the Dallas Cowboys, huh, I don't know how you come off this offseason where everybody is talking bad about your quarterback and how he is severely overpaid. But Chanel, I'm going to finally pass it to you. Sorry if I rambled everybody, but it was just, this game was too funny for me to not address everything that happened. I'll start with the 49ers. Congratulations to the 49ers. Y'all are going to go face uh, the Philadelphia Eagles. And I, well, I anticipate to be a very good game. Brock Purdy, I thought again, if this is pro- like you said, this is brought this is the worst Brock Purdy that we got within like eight nine games. I'm pretty happy with it. You know, Brock Purdy for a uh, last pick in the draft. I know people are regretting that big time because he is better than he's playing better than most of the starters in the league, right? Like. You uh, well, like, would you rather have this guy or David Mills? Like, really think about it. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, he is playing incredible football. Uh, I know I would have loved to have Brock Purdy. The fact that we picked Skylar Thomas bumass over uh, Brock Purdy kind of makes me upset. But anyways, hell of a job. I mean, hell of a job by them. Uh, 49ers obviously proving why they're the most talented defense and just talented roster in the NFL, in my opinion. Christian McCaffrey playing, making key plays when he needs to. Uh, what an addition he has been for the team. Uh, Kyle Shanahan, to me, is still coach of the year. You know, nothing but praise for the 49ers against a really tough Cowboys team. Uh, so, like I said, congratulations to them. I won't, I won't get on on them at the right now because the Cowboys are a team to talk about. My thoughts on Dak Prescott's criticism is this. Look, did he have a great game against the 49ers? No. He didn't. He uh, he could have played better. Uh, I also don't think he played ridiculously poor. Uh, you know, I think you got to remember this is the best defense in the NFL. I feel like most quarterbacks, with the exception of extremely few, um, a.k.a. possibly Jalen uh, Hurts, would have folded in that situation anyway. Uh, so I got to be merciful to Dak in terms of that. And also what helped made me merciful towards Dak Prescott is why all that work. And I was watching Mike Greenberg talk about Dak Prescott uh, on his morning, on the morning show, Mike and Mike, I think it's still called. Mm-hmm. I felt so bad for Dak when I went, saw Mike Greenberg go in on this man. I mean, it was, with, I mean, it was with facts. It was with facts, but the passion of which he said it, and just the aggressive aggressive nature of how he just absolutely torched Dak 
uh, with his statistics was something to behold. I was personally offended for him. <laughs> I was I was mad for Dak. It's kind of like how dare you like how dare you criticize me with this kind of information? Like I was like it felt personal. It really felt personal the way Mike Greenberg went in on Dak Prescott. I would have been mad. I'm not even gonna lie. Even though even though Greenberg didn't hit him with nothing but facts. I felt bad for Dak in that situation. So that's just something I wanted to mention. And then just kind of like the the amount of news sites, Colin Coward, uh, Sean McCoy went in on Dak pretty rough. Like, goddamn. Listen, is he overpaid? Yes. Is he probably the Cowboys' – is he probably not a Super Bowl winning quarterback? Yes. But I think people are in the way disrespecting him. And acting like he is not a very, very good quarterback. People are acting like he is. I think people are over criticizing because I think people are talking about him as if he has been complete trash for the past seven years, which is absolutely not the case. The Cowboys would be nowhere near as good as they are without Dak um, at the helm. I think Dak also doesn't have as much support as he should have within these seven years. And, uh, you know, I think there's anyone to blame for uh, Dallas Cowboys' lack of success within the last seven years. I don't think Dak Prescott's the main source. I think it's Jerry Jones. Go ahead, Nick. Um, I think that this was probably one of the better, not the best chance for the Cowboys to win it all, but this was a pretty good shot. I think this is the one thing that me and you are going to disagree with, probably in this episode, because um, I feel like it was just, this is me just speaking about him in general. Chanel, I thought, like, I felt like it was just yesterday where I saw Dak go up to the podium to accept his Offensive Rookie of the Year award in 2016. In that season, I believe he threw 23 touchdowns and four interceptions. This season, I'm not sure about, you know, the game that he played against, uh, against San Fran. I don't know about those interceptions, but the way that he ended the regular season, he had 23 touchdowns and 15 interceptions, and he only played 10 games. Uh, and that was nine interceptions more than his rookie campaign. From a guy who we who we heralded as, wow, this guy is really smart at protecting the football, to now he turns the ball over at an alarming rate. And we are going to have to chalk up that he's probably going to turn the ball over once every game. It's just it's reality for him. It's reality for him. But like... Uh, I just think if, and I, listen, I think about this constantly with quarterbacks who are average or mid, like Dak Prescott, like Ryan Tannehill, like, like, um, Kirk Cousins. I think that there's a, like, I just think that you, in this league right now, unless you have a good enough roster to do it, you can't have mid. You can't just have mid or just above average mid. You you just you need to get that guy. But unfortunately for the Cowboys, I don't think they could really move off of Dak even if they wanted to because they 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 they're cap strapped. You know that they 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 don't really have a lot of options out there. Um, they I mean not in the I mean in free agency it's very difficult because you have quarterbacks who are over the age of 30 and Dak is just just hitting that so it's a lot of like less years of good play that you're going to get out of them more, more than likely 
And for the draft, you know that there are limited quarterback spaces and you know that those are probably going to go in the top five, top 10 picks. That's just the reality of it. And it's a bit sad to think about if you're a Cowboys fan, because I know a lot of Cowboys fans are probably burning their Prescott jerseys. And I, I think that's a little extreme, but it wouldn't be it, it, it's not an insane thought to try to get get removed from Dak Prescott to get him out of Cowboys. But if you do, what do you have? It's either you have a quarterback in this league or you don't. And luckily enough for Dak, the situation that he is in is one where they don't have any other option. So, you know, he kind of has this 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 franchise right where he wants them, whether he plays good or not. And that's just the reality of the situation. It's kind of like Russell Wilson in a way. Not as extreme, but it's kind of like Russell Wilson in a way. You really can't move on from him. And I don't – here's what I think Dallas, the Dallas Cowboys should do. Like I said, I res- I respect Dak. I know I've seen him play absolutely phenomenal. I think he I think he can be possibly. Eh, I I think there's a chance he could be one day a Super Bowl winning quarterback. I think he needs a lot a lot a lot of help, but I think it's possible. I believe in Dak. I I'm gonna be real with you. I I never stopped believing in the guy, but I um I'm gonna be honest with you, Chanel. In my opinion, he doesn't win a Super Bowl as long as he's playing. Yeah, I'm being I'm being straight. I'm just gonna be dead ass with you. I don't think that he is. I I just don't by hook or by crook, by weapons, by nothing. I just if you had to ask me, do you think he wins a Super Bowl by the end of his career? I would say no. I I would just just my off the cuff answer. I would say no. And by the way that he played against an like it, it's weird because you go up against Tampa, probably one of a defense that's obviously depleted now, right? kind of mm-hmm. mentally gone and then you go into the number one defense in the entire league and but you can't play like that you know what i mean you can't do that against this yeah. team you, you just can't, can't. Turn the ball over as much as he does i i know that that obviously i feel it but here's i will defend Dak because Dak is getting a lot of crap right now but if it was aaron Rodgers, it would be like another tongue-in-cheek like oh i guess aaron can't do it again and the see ya like bye aaron but like and Aaron will get flack for about a week, and that's it. Dak Prescott's going to get flack for the rest of the season. And sure. that's not fair because, because you've got other quarterbacks elite like Aaron Rodgers who can't get it done. Aaron Rodgers didn't even make the postseason this, the, the, this time around. And there's no, you know, you know, there's no, uh, you know, uh, criticism being thrown his way, but all of a sudden Dak Prescott can't do it. And I think because he wears that star on his helmet and because that, you know, we all think that he's going to be that guy one day and he just hasn't been, that's where I think a lot of the criticism comes from. I mean, here to me, if you're the Dallas Cowboys, here's what you do with Dak, right? Obviously, you can't move on from him by letting him go or trading him. It just won't work, right? Because especially with the Cowboys fans, the Cowboys fans want to know that they have a quarterback they can possibly depend on. Maybe if you don't, maybe they don't feel like it now. But listen, it's it's like you said, it's either Dak or nothing. It really is. So, and Cooper Rush is not your answer for any Cowboys fan who think who think that Cooper Rush is the answer over Dak Prescott. You're full of shit. That no, not. yeah, Cooper's a great backup, but he's just, he's that he's that's what it is. He's a backup. He's a yeah. backup. But I, I, I love Cooper, but I love Cooper, but but Cooper is not the starter for the team. Let's get that out the way. Exactly. Like, don't disrespect Dak by saying he's a backup quality quarterback. That's absolutely full of shit, right? What I would do if I'm Dallas is 
in the fourth or fifth round, find a blue chip quarterback that you like and draft him. Maybe Dak needs to be scared. I mean, again, I think Dak has quality backups, but I would, but that's my way of looking towards the future. I would draft a quarterback that I like or I see that has a lot of potential in the fourth or fifth round. Maybe mold him. Maybe see if he can be something. Because worst case scenario, yeah, you might have lost a fourth or fifth round pick. But the best case scenario is you found the quarterback of your future. So that's something I would consider doing if I'm Dallas. Um, but another thing I would absolutely do is I would make I would revamp that O-line because I don't think that O-line is as good as it needs to be. Uh, and C.D. Lamb, I love C.D. Lamb. I don't think he's the number one. I think he's an elite number two. I would try to find a number, a true number one receiver for Dak Prescott and see what you can do. I think, uh, but because I do genuinely believe you have to give Dak the world. But if you give him, if you give him that, if you give him everything he's searching for and a little bit of luck, I think he can win a Super Bowl. Uh, and to your point, Dak was a what what round pick, Chanel? A third, a fourth round pick, fourth he was or third. A fourth. He was a fourth round pick. My bad. So, yeah. so um, what's not to say that they could find a gem like that again? Possibly better than him. Who knows? But I think that's. I think. I think that is. Um, I think you're right on that. I think that's what kind of they should do. Um, yeah. I, I think that. I honestly think that that is a good plan by you. So well done. Well done analysis. I, I really do like that. Honestly. Yeah. Draft the guy in the fourth round. See if he's if he's anything. If he's if he's not, move on. Other options explored. You know, like you said, Nick, Dak's your guy, whether you like it or not. Yeah. Yeah. You're cap strapped. The free agents are going to be old. You know what I mean? Like Dak is on the I think the early side of 30. You're going to get guys like Derek Carr, who Jimmy Garoppolo, who are aging, obviously, in the other direction. And you and you don't. And those guys in the draft, they're going to go pretty early. The the top, you know, Bryce Young, CJ Stroud are going to go really early. So. There's not a lot of guys you can get at that position anyway. So he, I think Dak is the only answer. Sorry, Dallas Cowboys fans, if you guys want Cooper or anybody else, but Dak is the only answer for you right now. Dak's your answer. And and it's crazy to me when you think about, like, what Dak is. Dak, to me, is an above-average quarterback that just isn't elite, right? Um, and, you know, this season, maybe he fell, fell to just average, right? Um but when you think of like these top quarterbacks, the C.J. Strauss, the Bryce Youngs, they look good, but you don't know what they're going to be. You know, honestly, when you look at guys in the first round, you you don't know what they could be. You if they end if you have a first round quarterback and they end up being like Dak Prescott, that's not the worst thing in the world, to be honest with you. Yeah, they aren't elite. Yeah, you want them to be the elite quarterbacks, but you're talking about they could be anything from like a Jamarcus Russell to uh, Tom Brady. Like, you don't know – when you draft a young quarterback, you don't know what is going to happen. You're you're swinging for the fences when you're drafting top-tier quarterbacks in the first round because they, the, they have all the pressure in the world on them. Uh, they have so much expectation. They have so much talent. And, like, some guys like Johnny Manziel, you might have all the talent, but you don't know what to do with it. Yeah, and, exactly. uh, you know, it, Dak is to me – Dak to me is vanilla ice cream – and um, you know, you maybe you want something besides vanilla ice cream, but you don't. But you don't. At least I don't. You don't hate vanilla ice cream. 
you know what it's going to be. You know it's reliable to a degree. It might fail you a couple times, but it also might shock you how good it is if you put a little brownie on it. Yeah. It's the go-to old reliable flavor. Exactly. It's not going to be quite chocolate. It's not going to be, you know... It's not even gonna be Oreo, but it's it's gonna it's gonna be just enough for you to uh, to be satisfied. Right. Um. And if you put and if you put something, if you give it everything you got, if you put a little something, if you put a bunch of special stuff on it, stuff your favorite stuff that you really like. For me, I love vanilla vanilla ice cream is elite with apple pie. If I can have apple pie and vanilla ice cream, man. Is golden. It's a Super Bowl. It's a Super Bowl winning flavor. That's kind of. I mean, how I mean Oreos are kind of my thing. I, I love Oreo ice cream. So, uh, like, that's like my one of my favorite my favorite flavors. But like, Oreo the like, wild card team. It's Oreo like it's like it's like just imagine just imagine if you drop every or but every Oreo piece you drop is like a new a new weapon for him. <laughs> like 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 every Oreo piece you drop is a new weapon for him in there. That's how I see it. Just make sure you don't add mint, though. I, I absolutely yeah, no, hate no. that. Absolutely agree with that. Make sure no, you no. make sure you get him a good weapon. Make sure the weapon isn't isn't mint to that Oreo ice cream. Right. It's disgusting. Anyway. Mint is like Kenny Galladay, bro. Kenny Galladay is mint. Ugh, Kenny Galladay God. is mint. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh. Well, anyway. <laughs> anyway, back, oh, oh, away from the ice cream stuff, real quick, we're going to do our AFC and NFC championship game predictions. Let's start with the AFC. We got the Kansas City Chiefs at home against the Cincinnati Bengals. Who will be heading to the Super Bowl representing the AFC? It will be the Cincinnati Bengals because Joe Burrow is going to do what he does, and he's going to beat up on the Chiefs again. And he's going to do it against Patrick Mahomes, who is severely lacking right now. And I think that if you get – you get these two quarterbacks, one playing obviously less than 100%, and the way that the Bengals' D is playing, the way that their offensive line is playing, and the way that their quarterback is able to dissect the the secondary. Because Joe Burrow made a lot of plays against the Bills where he did some head fakes that put defenders out of position. If he continues to do that, Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, uh, like I said, the most dangerous wide receiver trio in the league, I think the Bengals – uh, win against the Chiefs on Sunday. This is the right game to have for the AFC Championship because it's truly the two best teams in the AFC. So this makes it very difficult for me. I can see both, but I'm going to go against you. I'm going to say Patrick Mahomes is going to get it done. Patrick Mahomes will make another Super Bowl. Really? You don't think that ankle is going to bother him at all? I don't think it'll be enough to bother him. I think you are going to get a great game out. I think you're going to get a great run game. I think the running game, because Cincinnati's run defense is a very, is a pretty underrated weakness of the Bengals. I expect uh, McKinnon. Uh, I expect Hilaire. I, I expect Pacheco. that. Huh? Sorry, Pacheco. 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 I you know where he's from, right, Chanel? He is from Rutgers. There we go. For Rutgers boy, baby. Rutgers baby. Yep. I expect Pacheco and McKinnon especially to have a breakout game. I think okay. they, I, I think the Kansas City Chiefs make. Yeah, sure. I, I honestly wouldn't really put it past uh, the Chiefs to win this game either. I will say this though, whatever the outcome of this game, you know that Andy Reid is going to have a lot of options for Mahomes to not bother that ankle. You know, there's going to be a lot of designed runs in this game, so be prepared for that. 
Chiefs. I mean, we were there for that Bengals against the Chiefs. My bad. A game, and here, and finally, a game you could argue even harder, for, at least for me, to decide. You got the Philadelphia Eagles versus the San Francisco 49ers. Who will make it to the Super Bowl representing the NFC? The Eagles will be. Uh, and I think that it's – I think it, this is probably the easier one to choose of the games, in my opinion, because I just think that this game is – now, listen, this game, whoever's going to win this game is going to win it in the trenches – and I think that you're going to get two great offensive lines and two great defensive lines battling it out against each other. Um, I think both great tandem of running backs, both have great tight ends, uh, both have great secondaries, uh, primarily corners, especially for the Eagles. Uh, I think, honestly, it comes down to quarterback play. And I think that the Eagles D-line is going to do just enough to make Brock Purdy make mistakes early. And I think that that, that that's how the game is going to go. I think Purdy is going to make mistakes earlier in the game. And usually what happens is that Purdy actually plays better in the second half. And I think that you've seen it too in the stat lines. They, he, play, he does play better in the second half. I know that Purdy and, uh, and Jalen Hurts had a battle in college in which uh, they both went head-to-head. And I think Purdy actually ended up, even though they lost the game, Purdy pretty much outplayed Jalen in a lot of the stats that game, but I think that uh, Jalen has it this time around. I think Jalen has these stats this time around. I think he used a lot of plays with his legs to, to confuse and fool the San, uh, San Francisco defenders, and I think they do just enough to get a win, and I think uh, you'll see Jalen Hurts really rest that shoulder a lot as he goes into the Super Bowl, and obviously my Super Bowl pick is going to be the Bengals versus the Eagles, and Obviously, I'll make my decision of who I think is going to win that in the next couple of weeks. This is a tough game, and I think you broke it down beautifully. Uh, even though I think San Francisco is better in most of those areas that you talked about, secondary, pass rush. Well, no, actually not pass rush, sorry. Uh, run defense, uh, linebacker core, uh, weapons, you know, running backs. I think San Francisco has more areas where they're better, but ultimately at the end of the day, I think you're right. It'll be so close that it just comes down to quarterback play, who can make the biggest play at the best time. I like Brock Purdy. I give him all the credit in the world. He has has had an amazing season. He deserves to start for the 49ers next season. But I'm going to say and agree with Nick, the Philadelphia Eagles win this game, and they will be in the Super Bowl. All right, so so we basically have the same – you know, person winning this game, but you think it's going to be KC versus the versus the Eagles. I think it's going to be yep. CC versus the Eagles. Well, the great thing about this is we will find out on Sunday who will be in the Super Bowl. Uh, you know, anything else to say before we wrap up here, Nick? Um, uh, I just am really excited for that weekend is going to be pretty packed for me because, uh, you know, my girlfriend's coming over. She wants to watch the Royal Rumble on Saturday. So shout out to everybody who ever watched the wrestling podcast episodes here because mm-hmm. I am going to have a ball watching watching that pay-per-view. I think it's going to be really fun. Um, and then obviously we got football on Sunday. So I'm really excited and I just can't wait. I'm really trying to get through this week. It's going to be a long week for me. Uh but, you know, just wanted to go through it, and I hope that everybody else has a great weekend as well. I will also be watching the Royal Rumble pay-per-view. I will not be watching it on Saturday night. I'll be watching it in the middle of the night on Sunday. 
you know, hopefully, I hopefully I don't. We're having a celebratory uh, birthday celebration for one of my friends. So, uh, and he's a good friend. Cause if it wasn't a good friend, I'd be like, sorry, I can't make it. I gotta watch the Royal Rumble. But it is one of my closer friends, so uh, we gotta celebrate. We gotta celebrate big for him. Um, you know, I got and I, you know, at the as a bit of the. I'm, I'm not. I'm, I wouldn't say I'm a. I'm a. I'm a drunk. A fun drunk. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that. But uh, you know, I, I. I would say I have a good time. Um, you know, I don't do anything ridiculous. But you know, I know one of my other friends. Uh, hidden. He wears glasses. He's uh, an interesting looking dude. Nick knows him very well. Uh, <laughs> but he is going to have a good time. And uh, we, I will be way more excited to see him have a good time than me be on some crazy stuff. So I will be, I will have to be somewhat sober to watch that man. You need to record that. You really need to record that and send it to me. <laughs> I will, yeah, I will be. I'm I'll gonna be, put that all over his head for so long. Please do that, cause I have, I have to be sober enough to watch that. And I also have to make sure I'm sober enough to watch the Royal Rumble that middle of the night on Sunday and then sleep just long enough to make sure I watch the NFL playoffs on Sunday. Thank you. Yeah, really quick. We actually have a 407 snap streak. Forgot to mention that. You, oh, you and a mystery person? Mystery person, yeah. We have a a, uh, 407 snap streak together. This man, I can't believe you both are still on Snapchat. Snap is old. Snap is so really old. not. Did you act like Snap is like Facebook? Like it's not just so high school to me, man. Like why y'all? I'm not gonna lie. There's a lot of high schools that use Snapchat, but I mean, come on, Snapchat's fine. It's fine. Y'all want to live the life of high schoolers? That's fine by me. You know. Thank y'all so much for watching the What's Next podcast, episode 18 of the Sports Edition. As always, my name is Chanel Wilkins. I'm Nick Provenzano. Much love to each and every single one of you for watching the What's Next podcast. Make sure to follow the Instagram on underscore What's Next podcast underscore. And make sure to watch these episodes on Spotify, Google Podcasts, RSS.com, and Apple Podcasts. In the meantime, peace out. Have a good weekend, y'all.